Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and is in the sixth month, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Today, really, what I want to do is spend all of my time pretty much on verse 26. I want to unpack this, and I want to give you a context. I'm calling it the chronological geographical context. Chronological has to do with time, and geographical has to do with place. I want you to know something about the time and the place that these events took, transpired in. Now, depending on how you look at things, whether you look at history from a young earth or an old earth perspective, I'm not going to spend much time talking about that except to say this, that there are two camps out there in, uh, in, in Christendom. Uh, some who think that uh, they look at er- the earth and they, they think in, in, in millions and billions of years and that's the old earth theory. And then there's the young earth theory that God made all that he made uh, and it looks old. It has every appearance of being around for that amount of time, but really it hasn't been. Depending on where you're coming from that and, and perhaps you're not coming from any perspective because you've never even heard of such a thing. Uh, let me just say I'm a young earth proponent myself. The events that we're looking at in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, happened about 4,000 years after the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, and about 2,000 years removed from our present day. So if you're thinking about a timeline, about 4,000 years from from the time they fell, about 2,000 years from the time in which we are living right now. And the reason that I think this is important for you to know is because this historical accounting of the coming of the Christ child has been wedded in our culture to a mythological account of something altogether different that anyone of maturity knows is just a fanciful story. The problem, as I see it, is that uh, this fanciful story has grown in such popularity that it has for the masses outpaced the real-time story, dragging it for many into the territory of mythology as well. Many people, to include professing Christians, I fear, have some difficulty these days drawing the definitive line between truth and myth. And so I believe it's important for us to see truth as it is, to see it set in real time, to see it set in real places, with real actions and real consequences. So that's why I think this little study of chronology and geography is so important. Getting back to chronology, 
pinpointing the event of today's passage 4,000 years from the fall and 2,000 years from the present age puts Israel in a time frame when Rome was ruling over the region. Hey friends, that's history. We know it's true. We know it's real. There really was a Roman Empire and there was a time in history when they really did rule over the region that is known as Israel. The leaders of that ruling uh, body at the time are real as well. Augustus Caesar was emperor at the time that Luke wrote. He's a real historical figure. We, we know about him. Quirinius, if I say that correctly, was the governor of Syria. Syria is a real place. It's still on the map today. We hear it talked about regularly on the news. And there was this man, Quirinius, who was governor over that region. And then there was also this man we've already talked about a couple of weeks ago, Herod the Great. Herod the Great was king over Judea. All of these real people in real time. And it's important that we recognize this because remember that Luke is a man of research. Luke is a man of details. And so these details he is, he is giving to show that what he is about to report to Theophilus is real as well. We're not talking myth. We're not talking made up stuff. We're talking about the real deal. Real people in real time. That's the chronology. As to where these things took place, the geography is very interesting as well. And Luke begins by putting a pen in the map in the region of Galilee. Galilee. Galilee was a region that was about 80 miles north of Jerusalem. If you get a map out, I didn't choose to put one up this Sunday. But if you look at a map of that area, you find that that Galilee, the region of Galilee, about 80 miles north of Jerusalem. It was south of Damascus, south of Beirut. There's a sea there that's called by the same name, the Sea of Galilee. In the region of Galilee, there were many towns, many villages. But again, Luke puts the pin on the map at a place called Nazareth. And it is this little place called Nazareth that Almighty God sends the angel Gabriel with the most important announcement that has ever been made. And he sends him there. Why? Because that's where Mary lives. Now I want to point something out to you that I found fascinating as I was doing my study of this. The English version of your Bible uh, says that, um, that Gabriel was sent to a city of Galilee and identifies that city as Nazareth. And of course this word city gives most of us the impression that this place called Nazareth was a place of some consequence. That it must have had a pretty sizable population. That it must have been relatively developed. But that's not quite right. The word that you, Luke actually used there is the word polis. And it means a place of populace. And that word was simply a word used to distinguish the difference between a place where folks gathered to live versus living in a rural area where there's a lot of distance between homes. So this word polis would have, would have, would have stood true for a grouping of 100 people or a grouping of 10,000 people. And what we know about Nazareth, what we've come to understand is that it was likely a group of about 100 to 200 people. So when we think about Nazareth, it was not a city. 
as we think about cities. Here's something that's interesting. A point that argues for that fact is that it was not until 1962. Now, you've got to listen carefully. It was not until 1962 that there was any record outside of the Bible that Nazareth even existed. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you here is simply this. That from the time of Luke's writing until 1962, there was no secular historical evidence. No writings, no archaeology. There was nothing that could be pointed to that said Nazareth existed. There was only the biblical record. And the point is this. So insignificant and small was Nazareth. It it does exist, and they have found evidence. But so insignificant and small was Nazareth that it took over 1,500 years to dig up anything outside of the biblical record that it was there. Now, we don't question its existence. We just take note here that it was an extremely small, inconsequential village. Nazareth, where Mary lived, was completely set apart from Jewish life. It was not on any major trade route. It was not a center of commerce, education, culture, or religion. In fact, it was set in a region known as Galilee of the Gentiles. In that there were more Gentiles who lived in that region than there were Jews. Roman soldiers, slaves, etc. Now I set this geographical context for you to simply make sure you understand. We get, the, we get the myth away from the truth. And we put the truth out where it really is. This is where Joseph lived. This is where he learned his trade as a carpenter. This little tiny hamlet is where he was practicing his trade and where he was preparing to set up his life with Mary. And of course, this little place is where Mary was born and spent her short, young life. And I say young because by all evidence, by the age of 12, most Jewish girls were betrothed in marriage by the age of 12. And by the time they were 14, their marriage was fully consummated and they were a family. And so this is where they're coming from. This is the time frame in which they are living and operating. And these are the circumstances that surround their lives. Tucked away in this no-place village, at least from the world's perspective, is a no-consequence man engaged to a no-account little girl, and both are about to have their world blown to smithereens. Now, you may ask right now, and rightly so, Pastor Mike, why, why did you think it was important to take up the last 15 to 20 minutes to tell us all about this? And my answer would be, well, it should be self-evident. I know that sounds like I'm slamming you and I'm not. 
It should be self-evident, but the reason it's not self-evident is because we in our modern day rarely slow down enough to take in the facts. Just give us the bottom line. Let us have our quick story as we're all accustomed to it, and we'll just sail right on under the Christmas tree and open up our gifts. That's one of the beauties of being able to do this right now outside of that season. I don't have to pay attention to any of that. I can just bring the biblical text to you as it really is. So let's slow down and let's find out why what I've just given to you is important. I think we have to ask and answer a couple of questions. The first one is, who's driving the storyline? Well, God is driving this storyline. He's the one who's creating the entire thing. He's the one that's making it all happen. He's the one who's ensuring that it's getting recorded and that it actually happens the way he had planned it to happen. Secondly, we have to ask the question, who's being interjected into this environment? Think about the environment I have just explained to you. Who's being injected into that? It is God's only son. Which leads then to the third question. Why would God choose to send his son into such a setting when the world is filled with so many better choices? This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.